Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Are you growing tired of waiting for Christ's return? In today's update, Pastor J.D. addresses end times fatigue. Day after day, we hear news of yet another event or occurrence that speaks to the closeness of the rapture of believers. It seems like it could happen any day, but every day that it doesn't is another full day of pain and strife. The waiting can be very hard. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 4th, 2019. There were two major developments that I want to draw your attention to for today's update, both of which I believe are of unprecedented significance prophetically, and I'm keenly aware that saying that that way might come off being a little bit sensational, and please know that I wish in no way to come off that way. I'll explain why I believe it is unprecedented. But also, the Lord has been impressing upon my heart as of late something very heavily, and that is that there are many battle-weary believers, and they're becoming more and more discouraged in these the last moments of world history as we know it, as we wait for the Lord's return. I want to address that as well. So let's get to it. Here's the first development. It's the Israeli airstrikes on Iranian targets inside Iraq. This is unprecedented because the last time Israel launched an airstrike inside Iraq was over 38 years ago in 1981, and it was a strike on a nuclear site, not on Iran, there in Iraq. That's why it's unprecedented. According to the Times of Israel, Israel has expanded its operations against Iranian targets to Iraq, where Air Force jets have struck twice in 10 days. Suffice it to say, this has further enraged an already furious Iran, whose backs are up against the wall, and they know it. And I believe it moves us even closer to the fulfillment of a well-known prophecy found in Ezekiel 38, which describes this alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, Turkey, and others, who will invade Israel from the north, there in the Golan, 
to take the spoil, the prosperity, the oil, the natural gas that is in Israel today. Here's the second development. It's the president's peace plan. I would argue that it's actually now starting to gain traction. And I'll explain why I say that. On Wednesday, the Jerusalem Post reported that Jared Kushner is doubling down on the peace plan in meetings with King Abdullah of Jordan and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. By the way, as a side note, I've been reading some reports that King Abdullah of Jordan has refused to meet with Benjamin Netanyahu. That is unprecedented in and of itself, and carries with it far-reaching implications by virtue of the fact that today Jordan has a peace agreement with Israel. Now why is this unprecedented? What's different this time? Well, it should be noted that Kushner is on a tour of five Middle East countries in his efforts to do what has never been done before, namely that of a peace agreement that brings together Jews and Palestinians living side by side in peace and security. Nobody's been able to do this heretofore, but now it's different. Some of the Arab countries are actually coming to the table in agreement with even pushing the Palestinians, so-called, to come back to the table to have peace. I'm going to take it a step further here and suggest that in the coming weeks, perhaps months, we're going to see something that is going to be on the table that is going to be agreed to. And that's never happened before. Okay, I want to take the remainder of our time together today to talk about something. I, I think the last time I mentioned this or brought this up was last year. It has to do with what some call end times fatigue. I would venture to say that this too is unprecedented in the sense that it's more pronounced now more than ever, especially for those who truly believed that the Lord would have come back by now. And sadly, this has led many to become discouraged at best, and even doubtful at worst. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. I want to offer a word of encouragement. We need not lose heart nor hope as we wait, watch, and I'll add work until He comes. What if I told you, what if I told you that there's a cure for end times fatigue? What if I told you that you and I actually have the ability to speed up the return of the Lord in the rapture of the church? Would you believe me if I told you that? 
Would you be willing to hear me out? I want to start with Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. We're told that Jesus taught a parable because the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. I mean, here Jesus just talked about, I'm going to come back, and this is what's going to happen. And they're like, when's this going to be? This year? (laughs) This month? This week? They really thought it was going to happen right away. (laughs) Dare I say, they thought it was going to be in their lifetime. So, Jesus takes the opportunity, this is a teachable moment, He teaches this parable, and it's known as the parable of the minas. A mina is believed to have been the equivalent of 100 days of work. And He calls His servants, and He gives them these minas. And then in verse 13, after the nobleman gives his servants the minas, he says to them this, get to work. There's work to do. And occupy until I come. What's the point of the parable? Well, there's many lessons, I believe, in this parable. But to me, the takeaway is this. We're to be busy about the work of the kingdom until our Master returns. This is what Peter said in his second epistle. I'm going to, and you'll forgive the bluntness with which I say this, but I'm going to be very bold here and say to you that I truly believe, more so now than ever, that the reason the Lord hasn't come back yet is because we still have work to do. There's still more people that need to be saved. And we can do something about that. This is what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, that we can actually speed His coming. We can hasten His return. In other words, God has given us a mina, if you will, a talent, the ability to bring more people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When that last person gets saved, that's it. The trumpet's going to sound. And by the way, if you're here in this church and you're that last person that has to get saved before we go home, we are not going to let you out of here. We will block the entrances and the exits. I I think it's humorous. You'll forgive me for going off on this, but I think God is going to have to take whoever that last person is to get saved before the rapture can happen. And God's going to have to put them like in, you know, uh, protective custody in heaven because their identity can, because we'll be all looking at them like, you, it was you, what took you so long? That's not biblical, but I just wanted to, you know, share that anyway. You see where I'm going with this? When that last person gets saved, we go home, but not until then. And here's the thing. God has commissioned us, given to us that privilege, that command to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I'm going to, again, if I could be so bold, say 
that if you're in a spiritual funk, a spiritual depression, you're dry spiritually, no joy in your life, you're just kind of going through the motions, kind of hit this rut in your Christian life, this is the cure. Does it seem like that the Lord delays His coming? This is the cure. What's the cure? Ah, Get to work! We've got work to do! You'll forgive me for raising my voice, but we have work to do. The harvest is ripe and ready, and the laborers are few. And God is calling me and you before it's too late. I was brought up in a small farm town. Get this, my graduating class, the class of 1980, well, that's a long time ago. (laughs) 16 people in my class. That's how small the town was, small farm town. And in the fall, when harvest time came, They would delay school in order to get the harvest in before it was too late. I really appreciated what Barry McGuire said about the fields being white for harvest. The wheat, there's a certain window, and if you don't harvest that crop, you lose it. It's time driven. You know what's interesting is Jesus actually said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the field. Two weeks ago I mentioned that we wanted to hear your share, your faith story. And oh my goodness, <laughs> took me the better part of an entire day to read through, and I did read through every single one of them. I was so blessed. Talk about the minister being ministered too. So it was really a hard decision, but I picked one that I want to share with you today. Listen to this. It's from an online member by the name of Marina Lamb. She says, I live in a very small town, and I have had the privilege to hear in my spirit to pray for someone I had just passed in the mall, or even while walking to my car. My first attempt was walking into an office with four Muslim ladies working behind their administrative desks. The one lady came up to serve me when I noticed the biggest cold sore on her lip. And I heard myself saying, may I pray for healing of your lip in the name of Jesus? I almost looked around to see whether there was someone else that had said that as I knew I never would. She agreed. Oh dear Father God in heaven, I thought. And then the Holy Spirit guided me on how to pray. I could not get out of there soon enough, even knowing that I had to be back the next morning to complete the reason for me being there, which was not her cold sore. The next morning when I went back, these four ladies, these are Muslim ladies, hijab and all, jumped up to greet me, and the lady with the cold sore, (laughs) well, it was gone. I mean, not even a mark, just gone. Needless to say, I joined 
those Muslim ladies with raised hands, praising and thanking Jesus for the healing, even though I was stunned, or perhaps stupefied by what I had witnessed. Since then, my Muslim lady friends have prayer requests for me all of the time, and sometimes they testify, and other times they just add more prayer requests. They are not offended that I pray in the name of Jesus, and I have normal conversations with them regarding my faith, and they listen. I know that the Holy Spirit is going to work with them, and I shall just keep thanking Him. Think about that. I'm going to say it again, and we'll bring it in for a close. The reason why the Lord has not come back yet is because there are still more people that need to be saved and added to the kingdom. And we can play a part in that. And also, (laughs) by sharing our faith, it does something to us. I know in my own life, it has restored to me the joy of my salvation. There's no greater joy, there's no greater high than the high of just sharing your faith. You don't have to lead them to Christ. You might just be planting the seed. You might just be watering the seed, but just share your faith. And and sometimes it can just be so simple as, hey, can I pray for your cold sore? That is a gnarly looking cold sore, man. (laughs) Let me pray for you. (laughs) You never know. I have to confess that and maybe it's because I'm an Arab, but if I walked into a place and there's four Muslim women there, I don't care, cold sore or not, I'm probably not going to ask if I could pray for them. <laughs> I'll probably run away. <laughs> don't let the enemy get away with putting fear in your heart to share the gospel. Don't don't let him put that thought that, you know, you kind of pull back, you're kind of embarrassed, well, what if they, you know, don't let the enemy get away with that. You know, I was thinking about this on the way here this morning. You know where Jesus says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. What does Satan want to steal? He's not going to steal my car. What's he going to do with my car? What does he want to steal? Oh, he wants to steal my joy. He wants to steal my hope. And (laughs) here I have this blessed hope. I have the joy of my salvation. I'm saved. I have this joy. I have this hope. Why wouldn't I not want to share that? This is the answer, by the way. Maybe this is for somebody here today. You you needed this exhortation slash rebuke in Jesus' name. You need this because this is why you don't have that joy in your life. This is what Satan has robbed you of, stolen from you. He has stolen from you the joy that is yours in sharing Jesus with somebody. And it can just be as simple for me, what works for me that opens the door for me is just when somebody says, hey, how you doing today? I say, I'm blessed. And then sometimes that opens up the door 
for me to explain why I'm so blessed. And I am blessed. Oh my goodness, I'm so blessed. Sometimes it's just being nice to somebody on the other end of the phone. You know that tech support or customer support individual? Can you imagine the kind of people they have to deal with on a day in and day out basis? So then here you call, then they put you on hold for a half an hour. And then they finally pick up and say, thank you for waiting. You're like, oh, praise the Lord, that's really going to help. No, it's one of these. It's like, uh, hey, no problem. I, I know you must be busy. I can't even imagine the kind of things you have to deal with on a daily basis. Here's my situation. Wow. Wow. Are you for real? Yeah. And so is Jesus. You know what? I'm going to pray for you today. This happened just this last week again. Somebody was having a really rough day, and I could tell. And so when she, when it was my turn, I'm standing in line. Finally, it's my turn. Thank you for waiting. I said, no problem. I said, uh, how are you doing? It seems like you're pretty busy today. She said, yeah, just everybody's been mean to me. And I said, well, I'm not going to be mean to you. She says, yeah, but everybody's been yelling at me. I said, I'm not going to yell at you. I, I, I yell at my church every Sunday. I'm not going to yell at you. <laughs> and it was the most pleasant exchange. And then when we were done, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get her to, you know, pray to receive Christ right there. But as I'm leaving, I just said, you know, I'm just going to pray for you for the rest of the day that you have a better day and that your customers are kinder <laughs> for the rest of the day. I'm just going to pray for you. And, and you have a blessed rest of the day. Just, you know, you can almost see people tear up. They're not used to that. Sometimes that's all it takes. That's it. Then the next time you go back to that place, they're going to say, hey, I want to talk to you. That's called an open door. That's called an open door. So every week I stand up here behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to do, and I share with you about what's happening in the world to encourage you that Jesus is coming, and just because He hasn't come yet doesn't mean He's not coming. And oh, by the way, (laughs) every day that goes by, I know this is going to be deeply profound, but every day that goes by brings us one day closer to that trumpet sounding. And that's why it is so urgent in this hour in which we live, to snatch as many as we can out of the fire and into the kingdom. This is why we do these prophecy updates. This is why we end with the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, which Paul, when writing to the Romans, pardon me, the Corinthians, in his first epistle, chapter 15, said basically this, This is the gospel, that Jesus Christ came the first time, was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the gospel. Very simple. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready, because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass, In Luke chapter 21, verse 28, 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's Prophecy Update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this Prophecy Update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.